come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The podcast from outer space. Keep on rolling, baby. All right. Reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. Albert Einstein. Deep in the human unconscious is a pervasive need for a logical universe that makes sense. But the real universe is always one step beyond logic. Frank Herbert. Welcome to the podcast from outer space, everyone. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got the Korean cowboy, a.k.a. Billy the Kid, in the studio. Hello, greetings, world. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Greetings and salutations, partners. (laughs) And this is episode 106, where we'll be discussing Bradshaw Ranch. You know, diving into it headfirst, there seems to be a lot of... Is I don't think paranormal activity is the right word, but we'll just go, we'll just roll with it. Paranormal activity, UFO sightings, you know, cryptid sightings, you name it. These are, you know, popping off the Richter scale at these ranches. Am I right? Yes, everybody. Welcome to our end of the summer shebang, shabil, whatever you want to call it. This is our end of the summer ranch series, we'll call it. Shabil, I've never heard of one of those. <laughs> Isn't that a thing? Um, <laughs> shabil. Now, with this latest, uh, so I'm thinking, you know, latest summer blockbuster is a, a movie by Jordan Peele about a UFO spotted on a ranch. And I figure this is this is as good a time as any to dive into some of these uh, paranormal hotspots, I guess, as they're known. Uh, and there are quite a few paranormal ranches out there. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that. Is that is UFO sightings considered paranormal? I thought that was mostly like ghosts and stuff. Well, see, I think... Or is they, am I just thinking paranormal activity of the movie and that's why it's stuck in my head? Yeah, you might be thinking the movie. Uh, paranormal, isn't that like pr- kind of like any like weird stuff that's like unexplained? Out of the ordinary? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Unexplainable events. I think a paranormal like ghosts, but I guess, I mean, yeah, I guess is, is paranatural. Is that a thing? Yeah, para. What does even para mean? I don't know. You tell me, Albert Einstein. I have no idea. <laughs> Paranormal. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's what this is. That's what it's classified as. And uh, obviously, you know, the big one that you're always hearing about is Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch, you know, uh, which we will get to. What um, about Skywalker Ranch? <laughs> well, that's not maybe not as, as paranormal, you know. Um, Might be. But, you know, I'm saying, guys, we are going to get to Skinwalker Ranch uh, because that holds one of the top spots for episode requests. Uh, so saddle up, hold your horses, uh, and grab your boots as we begin <laughs> our series with, uh, maybe I guess one of the lesser known, which is Bradshaw ranch. Now, right off the bat, you got guys, uh, as always, first off, have we seen the film? Nope. And, uh, maybe possibly should we do a little review for the listeners, uh, in a future date? Yeah, I have not, unfortunately, but hopefully this weekend. Okay, okay. Uh, now, have you guys ever heard of Bradshaw Ranch prior to this episode? No. Um, I've definitely heard of Skinwalker Ranch. Like, I, I think I told you guys um, a, a while back, but one of my old coworkers 
not really co-workers, but he was like contracted with uh, the company to do like, um, he did a lot of like LIDAR and kind of like technology in regards to um, scanning and things, things like that. Like he would like scan and model like, uh, like shipwrecks from World War II and things like that. That's cool. And he was actually on that show, uh, The Curse of Skinwalker Ranch, I think, the one that National Geographic did, The Hunt for the Skinwalker oh, yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, he was in. He was uh, a part of the production crew for that, and um, he posted this LinkedIn post about how he, you know, saw creepy stuff there. Um, and then I messaged him, and he was like, "Yeah, man, like I really experienced some weird stuff." So. Okay, that might maybe, be interesting to get his take on that. Yeah, maybe for our uh, Skinwalker episode, you kind of get his thoughts, jot him down, and you can share with the share with the loyal legion here. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if he's willing to, hopefully. So we'll see. But yeah, so I'm diving into a lot of these ranches, and uh, I think Bradshaw Ranch. I mean, maybe if you're like. Maybe this is like level two uh, when it comes to paranormal ranches, because obviously like we, we see Skinwalker all over the place. Like you said, there's the there's the series, there's the movie, uh, which I think is on Netflix. It's all over the place. I'm seeing Skinwalker um, everywhere, but I was, di- <laughs> I was diving everywhere, into this. Skinwalker. Skinwalker, Skinwalker. It's all over my TV guide. Um, but I'm diving into this and I, and I stumble across this Bradshaw ranch and I figure, you know, Let's fucking get into all these ranches. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool. So uh, without further ado, let's let's fucking hop into it. Um, <clears throat> and this is not to be confused with Terry Bradshaw's ranch in Oklahoma. Yes, because, because I did find a lot of information <laughs> about that when yes. I was researching. And that will come up if you just type Bradshaw <laughs> Ranch. There is a lot of Terry Bradshaw, but maybe Bradshaw Ranch, Sedona, Arizona, uh, which brings us right into it. Now, now to get into the right headspace for this episode, we got to take our minds to the beautiful state of Arizona. Uh, now, practically smack dab in the middle of the state is the city of Sedona. Now, ha- have either of you been to Sedona? Have not. Only been to Phoenix, really. Okay. And Tucson. Yeah, I've been to Phoenix. I've never been to Sedona. My family went. They said it was beautiful. Yeah, it's a few hours north of uh, Phoenix. I, I went there once. Uh, it really like, uh, you know, high class desert town, we'll say, um, you know. And and I guess for those who, who haven't been or don't know, um, Sedona, Arizona, known for its beautiful scenery and vast red sandstone formations, which are actually due to a high concentration of iron. Uh, and also their luxurious accommodations, which all pull in droves of tourists every year. And get this, guys. I'm looking up Sedona. They've got a McDonald's with turquoise arches. That's class. <laughs> I mean, that, like I said, this is high class desert community. I mean, you can tell by the McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something that should be like in the Bahamas. Well, like it, I don't know how desert that feels, but well, Bahamas anyways, would be more like uh, Rasta colors, I think. Like palm tree. Oh yeah, trees, perhaps. <laughs> so so <laughs> um, now, as we said, Sedona—it's—it's it's a city of psychics, tarot readers, spiritualists, and crystal dealers, uh, with retail stores like Mystical Bazaar, Crystal Magic, and the Center for the New Age lining its streets, along with supernatural healing tours and metaphysical medicine outfits. Sedona, over the years has spun up a reputation as a sort of mecca for new agers 
and more recently, paranormal researchers. Did you get your chakras aligned when you were there? I did not get my chakras aligned when I was there. Mm. Um, you know, we Should were kind it. of on a budget, so we <laughs> we did this like uh, it's out of the budget. It was out of the budget because we ended up doing the this uh, pink jeep tour, which takes you all around these rock formations, uh, which was actually a pretty penny. And and then we had to tip the guy on top of it, huh. um, so that pretty much ate up all our funds. Um, but, you know, aside from the the sheer beauty of the landscape, which I can assure you guys, it is a beautiful place, um, there, there are said to be mysterious energy vortices uh, which dot the land there. And we'll get, we'll get fully into this later, of course. Uh, but also, in the city of Sedona is a very unusual patch of land where there have long been reports of all types of high strangeness. Uh, from UFOs and aliens to Bigfoot, shadow people, and real live dinosaurs. And in this episode, we are going to take a look at just what in the tarnation is going on here. Dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs, I shit you not, man. Uh, now, with this, so the location of Bradshaw Ranch, um, with this one, you know, we have the classic tale. Of the uh, the land originally being the home of the now help me out with this name here guys Yavapai Apache Yavapai Yavapai Apache um, who have long regarded the area as sacred so you so know built on an Indian burial <laughs> yes yeah, the classic a uh, what is that poltergeist <laughs> yeah this is a classic like uh, isn't Indian- that also Amityville horror. Uh, no. Yes. Yeah. Wait, mem- was the, it? Remember the Reverend would like fucking kill the Indians, skin him. Yeah. Remember when oh, he goes yeah. into the basement and he keeps seeing like the Catch Indian ghost, kill him, catch him. That's Sorry, right. Native that's American. Right. But I think that was uh, bullshit. indigenous people. That was bullshit well, spun up for the book. Yeah, and well, Pet Cemetery was another one too. Okay. Yeah. Pet Cemetery. As I'm saying, this is a tale as old as time, dude. This is a classic paranormal. Uh, like if this was a movie, what we're gonna get into. This would be a classic uh, start. You know? It should be a movie. Hey, we'll write the screenplay. Um, now, at the junction of Hartwell Canyon and Loy Canyon, to the west of Sedona, lies Bradshaw Ranch. Uh, on the grounds, there is an old adobe house that still stands and is believed by some to be one of the oldest surviving structures in Sedona, dating back to the 1920s. Now, a little bit of background on the ranch itself. So... 1945, a Hollywood stuntman and actor named Bob Bradshaw moves out to Sedona. Now, there he opened up a small photography shop. And old Bob had some connections out in Hollywood. And thus, he had a hand in many of the westerns that were so popular at the time, which all used the deserts and canyons of the area for filming. Now, with over 40 or over 50 full length uh, features being made in the area over the years, it definitely helped to revitalize the area, you know, drum up some business in the community. Now, in 1960, Bradshaw purchased a 140 acre parcel of land out in the Verde Valley at a place that was then known as Bitter Creek. Now, this ranch and the old Adobe house would also go on to become a popular place to shoot movies, such as the 1967 Elvis Presley film, Stay Away Joe. Uh, And there is a picture of Bradshaw on the left with Elvis Presley. Um, Now, in its heyday, 
The ranch had all kinds of features and attractions like horseback riding, uh, dinner and dancing, a petting zoo, cattle drives, a museum, historic wagon rides, and of course a gift shop. Uh, so, so this is like a once upon a time in Hollywood type situation we got going on here. Or it's like the, uh, what is it, Jupiter's Claim in, in Nope? Mm, it's like the okay. whole little attraction on the fucking um, ranch, you know? Okay, okay. Now, by the 1990s, Bradshaw's son, Bob Jr., uh, who I I guess was also, some people called him John. I don't, I don't because uh, some things I, I found referred to him as John, but I don't know if that's what he actually went by. Uh, we'll just call him Jr. for sake of this episode. Um, so the nineties roll around, he turns the land into more of a functional actual ranch. Um, but it was still popular for camping and horseback riding and all kinds of outdoor activities. And in 1992, things would begin to get weird. We'll say, uh, when a series of strange phenomenon began to occur across the ranch. Now this all supposedly began with, uh, Junior Bradshaw's wife, Linda, pictured here, um, who claimed that she started seeing mysterious orbs of light in the sky, as well as sudden bright flashes with no noticeable cause and streaking mysterious lights, among other things. Um, Now, she went on to write a book about her time at the ranch with paranormal researcher Tom Dongo. Sounds like a fucking porno actor. (laughs) I (laughs) know. I knew this guy's name uh, would, would draw some jokes. Tom Dongo. I, at first, I read it as Tom DeLong, who I was like, he wrote this book? Yeah, no. When like when I first saw it, I was like, Tom DeLong. And it makes sense, because Tom DeLong's like into aliens and crap. It's right. Like, oh, this is, we're connecting the dots here, dude. He did write a book about aliens. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, now, this is not to be confused with Tom DeLong. This is Tom Dongo. Um, <laughs> now... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tom Dongo. So he writes a book with Linda Bradshaw titled Merging Dimensions, colon, The Incredible Saga of the Bradshaw Ranch. And I got my hands on a copy of this book, which is where a majority of these encounters that follow come from. Well, it's crazy to me. Like, I wanted to say one thing earlier. You were like, but when in 1992, all this strange stuff started happening. It's like, okay, well, they've been using this ranch for how long now? They didn't experience anything. And then randomly, in, or, you know, the aliens are like, 1992, let's go. Yeah, you so, I mean, that's... like, the, that, those types of things, I'm just like, ah. Exactly. And that's, like, uh, kind of have, uh, I guess, a segue um, into that uh, as my whole, like, theory on this thing. But, you know, let's... Let's hear the stories first before we jump to any conclusions here. Uh, you know, perhaps Linda was a, um, what do you call it? Like a clairvoyant. Maybe she was like the fucking catalyst that brought on these sightings. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. She um, was Bob's wife, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, now, now, in this book, she says that her first encounter occurred one night when she stepped out to watch a meteor shower. It was a clear night and she could see the meteor shower perfectly when she noticed four other lights of a different intensity streaking sideways against the path of the meteor. Now, this is a little odd. So the following night, she drives to the highest point of a hill entering the ranch, which gives a clear view of the entire canyon. 
Uh, she also notes that this area was allegedly the home of a secret military base. Um, and I've got a little more on that later as well. So something to keep in the back of our minds. Um, so at 8 p.m., she parks her pickup at the top of this hill and she's watching out the window. Uh, she sees some type of craft with flashing red lights moving across the canyon. Now, she had seen many planes pass over at the same distance and could clearly hear engine noise, prop noise from the planes. But this craft seemed to emit no sound as the air was still and the sounds of silence permeated the desert sky that night. Now, as it reached the edge of the canyon, the craft moved straight down and let out a massive white streaking light. The craft did not rise back up again. And about 20 minutes later, a bit further into the canyon, she sees the same noiseless craft again, this time hovering over a peak for about five minutes before ascending straight up. All the while, Linda is snapping photos. Now, next... She saw a red ball with a white streak behind it shoot straight out of the canyon and across the sky to the west. As she's sitting in her truck trying to process whatever she had just seen, Linda noticed behind her truck, just 20 feet away, hovering over a bush, was a ball of brilliant white light, about four feet in diameter, which seemed to be pulsing like a heartbeat, bright to dim, bright to dim. Now, Linda claims that there seemed to be a presence about this light, you know, as if um, as if there was no question that whatever this was, was some type of living entity. Now, she planned to take a photo and then speed off. But as she raised her camera, she heard a telepathic voice say, Do not take one more picture. Now, a chill ran instantly down Linda's spine as she placed her camera down and sped back to the ranch. So this is like the first, uh, you know, glimpse into this strange occurrences. Now, of course, when she goes now, of course, when she goes to get the photos developed, what do you guys think happened? Nothing. They were blank. Yeah. 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 They're blank. Um, however, there was, this is the weird part. There was no indication that any of the photos had ever been snapped in the first place. Um, as she was shooting on a film camera, uh, which would have at the very least produced blank frames, but the developer insisted that the end of the role was completely blank. So what are we thinking here? Maybe some men in black shit happened, you know? Yeah, I was thinking that if we take Linda's word for it, perhaps this developer was like, they showed up and they're like, "Yep, we're <laughs> yeah. gonna need those pictures, my yeah. guy." Yeah, yeah. You're just gonna have to tell Linda that they're blank. Exactly. I mean, it could be Men in Black, but I just think it's weird how there are no photos. Like she's describing all this crazy stuff, and it's like, "Oh, but I forgot to like activate the camera to be able to take pictures or something." But then again, it could be something where the aliens are fucked with it. The, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, so I yeah. Mean, it's it's weird. Yep. <laughs> All types of high strangers. Now, from this point on, um, there's these orbs of light that Linda and her son observe all the time around the ranch. Uh, eventually, she was able to snap photos of these things and describes them as a friendly presence that seemed to occupy and observe the ranch. Uh, she never got a negative feeling from them. Um, 
one time, and here's a couple examples of the photos. I'll put these on the Instagram as well. Uh, I'll let you guys out there um, judge these for what they are. Um, now, one time they noticed um, in the old Adobe house, one of these orbs. And when she tried to snap a photo, her batteries were instantly drained. And she said she had changed them that morning. Brand new batteries instantly drained. Uh, then her son tried to shoot a video on his uh, camcorder and the same draining happened to the video camera. Um, now, she continues to go and, and get photos of these orbs almost every night. And, th- and there's a ton of these in the book. Like I said, here's some pictures there. Uh, now, what are we thinking of these photos? The second one with all the orbs is interesting, but the first one looks like it's just like a blurry shot of the fucking moon. Yeah, and, but but even the second one looks like it could be like snow or rain. Have you like have you ever taken a picture with the flash on and you catch all these like dust flecks? You know. Yeah, but yeah, they're all sure. like they're all pretty round though, so I don't know about that. Oh, old camera, you know. Okay. Okay, so you're thinking these are legitimate? These are uh, these <clears> are <throat> these peaceful little orbs that are watching the ranch. Maybe from the second one, yeah, but that first one, like. Like what the okay. fuck is that? <laughs> and also we got to remember this book was written in like the 90s. So these photos are all just like grainy black and white, you know? Right. Yeah. Orbs are weird because, you know, they, they, it's also a, it's been a symbol of like ghost activity too. But a lot of that's hard to tell. It could be insects. It could be the rain, snow, like you're saying. There's a whole ton of there's a whole lot it could be dust in some instances like yeah. it's so hard to discern that and it's it's always just like you know oh i captured these crazy orbs on my camera but it, it that could just be like a camera effect you know or it's like a um what do you a smudge on the lens or something smudge on the lens <laughs> yeah. i mean no for sure though now one night she describes seeing okay so this is where things like start to get interesting so one night she describes seeing a bright light as if someone turned on a TV in the infinite void of the black sky right above her. Now, she quickly snapped two frames before it faded into the night again. Now, once she got these developed. So that happens to you and you're like, hmm, let me just quick snap pick real quick. Like well, yeah. not like, hey, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Well, you got to think. She said she got a peaceful presence from these peaceful little orbs floating around the peaceful night sky. And That's different, though. Well, I mean, if the, if she's feels at peace and she's trying to document okay. this shit, you know. Okay. She's uh, This is nothing new. She's seen this shit before. She wants to snap some pics. I, I don't think that's too crazy, right? Where's the pic? Well, we'll get there. Uh, because once she gets these developed is where it gets a little more odd. So as this seemed to be, I guess she gets these developed and what she sees, here's, here's the two pictures there. One's far away. This one is zoomed in. Um, she describes it as uh, seems to be like a view of somewhere else that she was unfamiliar with. Uh, she described this as a sort of portal or window, possibly to another dimension. Now, if you, so this is like what turned, this is like in the sky, I guess. Uh, like 15 feet off the ground. She just sees this picture. There's no telephone pole or whatever this is. She says this could be a telephone pole or the mass of a ship. Um, And obviously you see this little bush here and possibly a UFO, but she says this, 
this landscape isn't there. Like when you look in the day, um, and this was up in the sky. So, so what the hell is going on here? You know, thoughts on this portal photo? What do we got? That's, that's really weird. That's kind of weird to me. Like, it looks like a fucking, it kind of looks like someone just, yeah, it looks like someone turned a TV on in the night sky. Well, that's what she said. That's a scene from a, yeah, that's Someone what she turned on the TV and she took a picture of it. That's what it looks like. That's what she said. But this is in the sky out in the middle of a fucking field <laughs> in the ranch. You think there's a floating TV or is or this a portal? she just took a picture of her TV in the dark. Yeah, yes, because that is we have to take this <laughs> as like, okay, <laughs> yeah, is true. this genuinely like is all this black genuinely the night sky or did she just go in a dark room, turn on a TV and bing, bang, boom. We're, we're selling can this we, as a fucking portal. Can we like Photoshop it with and see if there's anything else that shows up in the picture? Has anyone tried to do that to that first one? Well, I don't know. I mean, I got some, I got some sleuthing stuff that I found out. But Billy, what were you about to say? No, it, it's just, it's just so weird to me. I mean, it literally looks like she just took a picture of her TV, like in a dark room, and she's like, "Oh yeah, this would work <laughs> great for the book we're releasing." Okay, so you guys aren't buying this. You're thinking this is fugazi. 100%. If this was actually in the night sky, like that that's that's creepy that's kind of crazy right? I, I don't know like i am trying to rationalize it and like i just can't okay now if if this is genuine if this is in the night sky what are what are we thinking there portal like we said or or what this is like some twilight zone shit if if true big if true for sure honestly these two photos out of all the episodes i've been at, like been on in, in this podcast so far this is these are probably the weirdest photos I've seen. And of course that's if we take it as if we take Linda's word for it that these are genuinely out in the field at in night. Right. And that's where I'm a little bit skeptical of. Like I, I don't I don't know how much I believe that these were just taken like directly up at the night sky. And we're positive that this isn't like from some UFO show or some bullshit at the time. Well we'll get there. <clears throat> jumping ahead a little bit but um i don't know i mean yeah it is it's like you said you know we take this linda's word for it it is very strange um but then again this like this could just be like what rob was saying a fucking tv in a dark room and this makes for a cool photo to put in her book um now linda goes on to talk about these invisible entities that roam the ranch um and how most of these, however, not all, she felt were negative at one point. Uh, so she starts describing these like, I guess, like shadow type figures or shadow people that she sees all around the ranch. I thought now, she said they were peaceful. That's the orbs. The shadow people mm, are different. So okay. we got. So now we got, got it, two got it, types got of entities here. We got the orbs or I guess three. We got the orbs. We got the portal and we got these shadow people. Um, now and she's, the aliens. Well, those aren't those aren't yet. Again, we're jumping ahead. Um, now, these shadow people, she says, most, however, not all she felt were negative. And at one point, one of them hissed directly in her face and she chanted some Hebrew um, like religious words. And this thing uh, just seemed to kind of I don't know if disappear is the right word if it was already invisible. Think of like a predator. You know how predators invisible, but you can kind of see his outline. 
Okay. Something like that. Yeah. It hissed well, right in her face, and then how she, does she even know that it exists if it's invisible? Is she Jewish? Also, I don't know if she's Jewish. She, okay, this is like also where things. Get a <laughs> <laughs> this is also. I mean, she doesn't look well, Jewish I'm, from the picture. I right? know that, and I'm saying like <laughs> that's just what came to her mind. Is let me just yell some Hebrew at these things, see if they go <laughs> yeah, away. Which that's hilarious in its own right, but it's like, oh shit, it worked. What oh, you know? oy vey. Where's my shmia? She's just yelling Hebrew at these guys, and they're fucking, and they're they're out of here, you know. And for um, some reason, it worked. And I don't the, think she yelled the, oy the vey. <laughs> okay, maybe she yelled yeah. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, and this thing disappears. She disappeared. She chants uh, this like Hebrew um, term for like our Lord, our Shepherd, or some shit. I think she's religious because she goes on in the book to talk about how she needs Jesus is what she needs. I think she has Jesus because she talks a lot about religion and we'll get to her kind of, I guess, denouement at at the, um, in a little bit, but that's just, you know, I'm just reading what I read in the book. Um, okay, Albert. Now her and her son, um, they would also claim to have had a rather far out encounter with actual aliens on the property. Um, so Rob, this is where the aliens come in. Uh, because right now we've just got the orbs, the portal, and these uh, invisible predator type shadow people. Yeah, that's it. No now, deal. Yeah, so now enter the aliens. So one night she, sa- she says that her son had a lady friend over and his lady friend had a daughter and they were all staying out in uh, one of the houses on the ranch. Linda was at her house. Um, when Linda's son noticed a UFO out of the window, slowly descending, uh, now he realized, Hey, this isn't a plane. This isn't a helicopter. What the hell is this? So he's watching carefully and he described what happens next as saying, uh, quote, strolling past the window were four short statured aliens wearing tight fitting one piece uniforms of a light tan color. They were, they are typically called Zeta Reticuli, also known as the Greys. Only these appeared to be a bit more ashen colored, almost white. So this guy sees four fucking Greys strolling past uh, after this thing lands. Now, once these beings were out of his sight, um, he race, he grabs his lady friend and her daughter and they race up to the house where Linda was staying and they vigorously shook Linda awake. Mom, wake up. They're here. Who's here? The aliens, Mom. <laughs> now, from here, Linda goes to the front room where, where her son and his lady friend and the daughter, they're all kind of hiding in fear as uh, they begin to see another one of these things through the front window. So this is like some signs type shit. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Maybe they just fucking throw some water at these things. Another ranch. <laughs> and they'll dissolve. This is like signs, you know? Um so yeah, they see this thing stroll past the window. Uh, Linda says that she felt as if it was safe. Um, so she began to go out and investigate. Um, now her son is like, hey, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Don't go out there. But she's like, you know, I'm, I've got my, uh, my rosary or whatever, my religious stuff. Uh, I know how to <laughs> chant Hebrew at these fuckers. Um, they understand it. Yeah, yeah. So she said, she says it was safe. She goes out to investigate. Now, as soon as she stepped onto the porch, she said the beings went invisible. Of course they did. But she was still overcome with the presence 
and and she she walks out into the dark field and she demanded that they get off her property and she says they like stepped back and she still felt they were there and said it again and then they they went on their merry way why, why did she just randomly feel like it was safe she's just like oh yeah it's safe i can go out I mean, and then I, she goes out there and then they go invisible, like right when she goes <laughs> yeah. out there. Like, well, that's that's actually is kind of crazy to imagine, because, again, if we're taking Linda's word for it and this is these are like some predator type shits. Think of how crazy that would be if you're your son. You're seeing these things strolling past your window. As soon as you step on the porch, they all just go invisible. That would be fucking terrifying, right? Well, it, yeah, no, but, for sure. But also, Sorry, I'm just wondering why she didn't take a picture this time. Uh, yeah. Now she doesn't want to take pictures anymore? <laughs> well, again, maybe she didn't have her camera handy or something. Maybe she was out of film. They went know? invisible when she went to take a picture. Uh, yeah, they, and they're invisible, so how's she going to get a fucking picture of them, you know? They weren't invisible when they saw them through the window. True. All right, now. Who's that creeping through the window? <laughs> Wait, is that from something? I'm... Travis Scott. He's creeping in the window? Yeah. That's a lyric? I believe so. Hmm. Okay. No. So possibly I was Travis about to say, Scott. Michael Jackson's creeping through the window. There's some little boys on the other side. <laughs> That's a different ranch. <laughs> yeah. That is all equally as terrifying as a ranch. Um, now... Definitely some entities at that ranch. Yeah. So the next. Oh, yeah, for sure. So the next day. So this whole encounter happens. Now, the next day, they all kind of go out to investigate the area. They're looking for footprints, you know, um, and they had found some footprints in the ground, which her son took video footage of. And they're walking around where they had seen these things. And they also claim that they're recording like one of these fields and on the camera screen there are these pigs. But then when they look with their naked eye, the, the pigs aren't there. They're invisible pigs. Uh, oh. they, and then they go in. They go in. <laughs> this, is, this is the story. They go in to the house and plug the camera in and watch the footage. And the, sure enough, there's pigs on the video, but they're not out there. So what the hell could this be? And these aren't these aren't javelinas, which are native to the area. These are like your standard fucking babe type pigs, you know? Babe. Yeah, babes out there running around. Uh, now, on top of this, they're also exploring, and Linda's son spotted what he could only describe as an actual dinosaur, which scurried off into the bushes. What type of dinosaur? I don't know. I uh, uh, bipedal is that the term? Bipedal dinosaur? Yeah, like like uh, like, like a, compog- a compognathus or whatever. Those like really small green dinosaurs in the Lost World. Well, I don't know if it was a small. I think this was a big guy. Maybe was like a um, Velociraptor. Yeah, it was like the raptors in Jurassic Park. But aren't those even like a bastardization of raptors? Because weren't raptors like the size of a rooster? They're saying. Uh, there were bigger raptors. Most. Okay. Velociraptors were were smaller, but there were like a couple types that were like kind of the size of okay. Jurassic Park. The Korean cowboy, our dinosaur expert in the field. Um, I used to be a dinosaur nerd. I, I had like a uh, like uh, models of like T Rex tooths and stuff when I was a kid, and like amber. Like they they used to sell like real ambers with like a mosquito in them. 
Yeah, and like did, millions of years ago. And did you did you put one on a cane? <laughs> <laughs> I should have. Not only that, did, so you put one on a cane and dressed like Colonel Sanders, but did you also <laughs> did you also, did you also make fried chicken? No. No, did you also withdraw a drop of its blood and back engineer dinosaurs onto your own theme park? That's what uh, Linda uh, was uh. working on. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, this guy says he saw a dinosaur. That's what he's saying. Now, um, so th- it goes on like this. The book goes on like this. There's also There was also later sightings made of a large, hairy, Bigfoot-like creature, multiple on the property in multiple yeah multiple bigfoots as well um so what do we got we got orbs we got portals we got shadow people we got grays we got fucking bigfoots we got dinosaurs pigs you name it it's showing up i mean this is like fucking animal farm (laughs) this is like alien farm um alien ant farm (laughs) (laughs) we got fucking everything here now linda are you okay Linda, are you okay, Linda? Um, now, in particular... Oh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> We're really connecting the dots here today. Yeah, this is somehow all connected to Michael Jackson. How much acid was Linda taking? At okay, yes. See, that's, an, that's another question. How much acid, how much mushrooms were these people on? But in particular, there was one Bigfoot creature that Linda nicknamed Big Girl, uh, which Jesus. was... <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, just continue. <laughs> what is this? this is big girl, dude. Big girl coming around the corner again. <laughs> oh, uh, there's big girl out there. <laughs> there we go. I saw big girl today. Uh, watch out for the big girl. What's that song? Remember that song? Watch out for the big girl. Watch out for the big girl. <laughs> Isn't that a song? Uh, dude, I, I don't know why I've never heard that song dude. in my entire life. <laughs> Maybe we can play that out at the end of the episode. <laughs> I swear to God, that's a song. I'm not fucking making that out now. Um, so Linda claims also to have seen a five foot tall bipedal lizard with a long tail standing on a dirt path one evening. Not a dinosaur. Well, I don't know. Dinosaur or possible reptilian. Um, okay. And you know, this, I They're guess. They're like noticing the differences between like dinosaurs and five foot lizards. Like, <laughs> well, well, that's what I'm saying. This could have been that a dinosaur. Nah, that's just big girl. <laughs> well, is a dinosaur a lizard, or are they? How are they lizards? Yes, they're related. Pretty much, yeah, they're reptiles. They're so maybe reptiles. this is what the son saw, and he just confused it with it. He said, "Ma, there's a freaking dinosaur out here," but it was maybe just yell some Hebrew at it and go away. <laughs> No, no. These apparent dinosaur reptilians, whatever you want to call. Big girl, take care of that. (laughs) Big girls, big girls, something else. But these dinosaur reptilians, whatever you want to call them, they left. They also left large tracks um, that they sometimes spotted on the property as well. Were they selling plaster casts? I don't think they were, uh, because I did look for that. Because I was like, all right. (laughs) If these are just hucksters, you know, if these are just... <laughs> you what? looked for one like you're going to fucking buy it. Well, I would just... I, all right. I was, Alien footprint. Remember we talked... Yeah. Remember we talked about George Adamski who was selling all the photographs? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe they were doing that here. That's obviously a grifter move. Yeah. But I did not find that. So... But they just put it all in a book. Yeah. And sold that. Like, well, yeah. But... <laughs> but I mean, they're not... <laughs> 
seeing everything in like the known world, like like paranormal and like real. Just everything's showing up on this ranch. It's just I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I'm just they found just Walt really Disney's hard. frozen head on the ranch as well. <laughs> <laughs> they also found Jimmy Hoffa out there. Um, now, so. So her conclusion, so the way this book is written is kind of similar to the one we talked about with Whitley Stryber, where it's, she's writing the, her experience is is the first half of the book. Second half is Tom Dongo coming in with all his fucking paranormal expertise. Mm. Um, Now the conclusion of her portion of the book is essentially just a sort of uh, pontification about like the true nature of our existence our current limited understanding of the afterlife, consciousness, the universe, and our place as humans in the great cosmic drama, as it were. Um, now, we've discussed this sort of stuff before, you know, um, on several episodes. And her spin, her spin definitely seems to be, as I was saying, you know, we got the Hebrew. It's more of a spiritual or, I guess, religious spin on things, you know. It's it's this classic, like, hippy-dippy bullshit about, like, keeping an open mind and being, uh, being peaceful. It's almost like some uh, law of attraction type shit, you know. Do you guys subscribe to that law of attraction? Like, you put what... It's like the energy that you put out comes back almost like karma i guess it's like if you're only thinking positive things being positive that will be reciprocated i mean i think that's generally true like someone that's really nice and positive all the time like you kind of just like feed off that okay and then it just like i mean that's what i think if someone's like really negative and like pissed and depressed and you're around them all the time you're going to start kind of like being dragged into it but if it's positive if someone's positive then I mean, yeah, I'd I'd agree with that, Rob. Yeah, I think it's a uh, true to an extent, you know. Okay, so you guys are buying Linda's um, pontification. She's saying, I mean, you I'm know, not buying. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where she's drawn that like the all this activity to that. Oh well, she, I I guess that's kind of like, what I'm trying to. I don't know. I mean, this is it's kind. The book is kind of a mess. Um, as, no we, shit. as we see, but then again, think about if this shit, if we do take Linda's word for it, if this is all true, how do you, it's like Billy okay. said, how do you wrap your head around this? She's just kind of, I guess, trying to stay positive, you know, like, how do you rationalize this? What if this happened to you? Are you just, uh, um, I'm writing a book for sure. Okay. Okay. So 100%. Maybe so you take some pictures that actually show up. All right. So you guys are in line with Linda here. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if this actually happened to me, yeah, I think I would talk about it, but I'd probably I'd probably assume that like 98% of everyone would just think I was bullshitting. Right. But at the same time, like if she really experienced this stuff, then yeah, I'd be talking about it. I feel like a lot of people would be. And you'd be trying to stay positive, you know, um, chanting Hebrew yeah. and um, <laughs> what have you. Yeah. Well, see, like where I start to lose it is like, okay you're watching a meteor shower and you see some strange lights in the sky. That's something that I've heard and I've seen strange shit in the sky before, but I think she just like built up too much. Like there's too much here to fucking kind of believe that the story is 100% true. Cause it's like, all right, it starts off with like, maybe you saw a UFO. You didn't really know what you saw. And then 
you go to get your pictures developed and then nothing's showing up. That's fuck. That's pretty weird. But then it's like you just keep going down that rabbit hole to a point where it's like, okay, dude, like there's no way you're seeing like ghosts, orbs, whatever, shadow people, aliens, Bigfoot, and fucking dinosaurs. But why is that no way? Just because just because that's like out of the norm. I mean, this is pretty fucking crazy stuff. But uh, granted that, but it is like, you Okay, know. but then all you have to show for it is a fucking picture <laughs> that looks like you took a picture of your TV in the dark. <laughs> okay. I mean, I I I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm and just a saying. video of pigs. Rob, Rob does have a point there. Yeah, it well, is. that's what I'm saying is like if you would have just kept it to like one thing and like really dived in on that topic, then it makes it more believable and really like, hey, what is going on here? But if this all this crazy shit is happening, then we would know about it. Well, we do. She wrote the book. Yeah, but there's no other <laughs> fucking backing to it besides her word. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. And it is like, it is kind of like I you were like saying. I feel like if all that stuff was really happening and he went there, like, I mean, just for an example, I tried to watch a couple of YouTube videos of people going there. And like the this guy goes there with like the what is it like the EMF e- EMV EMV or EMF, EMF reader yeah yeah and he doesn't pick up anything and it looks like just it looks like vandals have just gone to the property and like tagged a bunch of shit there yeah now and like kind of destroyed the place but so. back to what you were saying like the snowball effect this is it did kind of remind me of the Whitley Stryber where remember we talked about him kind of. Okay, you have the first encounter, but then you're spitting out like 20 fucking this shit just keeps happening, keeps happening and keep piling on and it becomes more and more unbelievable. Well, I think I think it's kind of like uh, you could relate it to like the telephone game. It's like you see you say one story and then you start talking to people about it. And by the time it gets back to you, it's like this crazy fucking story. So like Mm -hmm. she tells someone like oh i saw these lights in the sky and then her son's like oh and then i saw this a dinosaur then, it's like everyone has to just keep like one upping each other until oh, okay. you see a fucking dinosaur <laughs> okay like oh uh, yeah well we already saw ghosts and aliens what but else guess could what we i see? saw yeah. a fucking t-rex well, and mom. also people are like really psyched like psyched up about something like, like let's say she did think she saw something at night that one time or like she thinks she saw like or heard like a hiss in her face and stuff. And then like you were saying with the snowball effect and like what Rob was saying is like, okay, well, maybe they're just like it's almost it's almost like when people say or think that their house is haunted, they start to notice like all this stuff that is actually like explainable by just like your house science or something. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Or it's like, like, oh, you're in this headspace where everything yeah. could be that. So you you're know? looking at it all through that lens. Like, let's say one yeah. thing did happen, then maybe maybe they saw like a big fucking lizard or something. Maybe someone had a pet Komodo dragon. They're looking at it through the paranormal lens and bing, bang, boom, we got a fucking dinosaur. Exactly. And it's like, oh, like, well, weird crap has been happening at this place for, <laughs> yeah. for a while now. So it's like, oh, yeah, that must be a dinosaur. Let's well, like, tell everyone that. We talked about it before on the on an earlier episode, I believe. But it's like that time when we were like trying to go ghost hunting and we weren't really like finding anything. And we thought we saw like some crazy shit in that guy's backyard. 
And then like the third time we drove by it, we just realized it was like some weird shadow from like yeah, the, light the light on the shed in their backyard. Because you're, <laughs> oh, cause I remember you're, that. Because yeah, <laughs> oh you got yourself so worked up. And I remember freaked like, out. holy shit, what the fuck yeah. is that? It was like a cross or something. It was like the, the light back. shining on his barn door. But it but looked, it, like, it looked like a like giant a, floating like a like giant, creature. Yeah. It looked like a giant. I remember like a cross or something. But yeah, no, flashback memory. That was wild. But yeah, okay. <laughs> So that, that kind of makes sense. I think we're all kind of on the same page here. Now, now we get into uh, Tom Dongo's portion of the book, which is, I guess it's, it's just kind of a lot of him reiterating what Linda already explained. Um, but he does have this one kind of interesting uh, theory. And again, this is, uh, this is kind of out there. Yeah. Cause the whole rest of it's not. Well, okay. But this is, is like, all right. So. Take a look at this. Again, I'll put these pictures on the Instagram, but I did find some of this kind of interesting. So this one on the left, this is an enlargement of the sky portal, which he says this little um, this little shadow up here is what he describes as a pyramid. Um, now, this photo on the right, these are three pyramids, which the uh, NASA's Mariner 9 space probe took a picture of the surface of Mars and they found these pyramids. Um, and then this, this kind of got me on a tangent of looking up that because that shit is actually kind of crazy. Have you ever seen, or, you know, like the face that they said they found on Mars? Yes. Which yep. ter- turned out to be just like a giant, uh, smudge on the lens, <laughs> not a smudge on the lens, but like a, um, Mesa, like a big Mesa, but the way the shadow was, it looked like a face. But these pyramids are pretty interesting because these are these genuinely look like uh, actual fucking like covered up pyramids. And uh, and um, this picture was published in Carl Sagan's book Cosmos, which he, he writes that the largest Mars pyramid has a base of three kilometers and a height of one kilometer. So that's fucking massive. You know, that's larger than the pyramids of Sumer, Egypt or Mexico. Uh, and he says they seem eroded and ancient and uh, are perhaps only small mountains sandblasted for ages, but they weren't a careful look. And, and I was kind of doing research into this, which I thought we need to do a full fucking Mars episode, guys, because there is some crazy shit that they found on the surface of Mars, like all, all this fucking um, shit like this. But these are, are called the Pyramids of Elysium. Um, so check that out if you if you guys um want to get into some real weird shit and maybe we do a full dive on this um but dongo has a theory that perhaps uh, this portal if it's some type of interdimensional thing are they are they showing us something that um we need to see i, I don't know he doesn't really kind of have um a strong conclusion he's just kind of like drawing similarities just spitballing, if yeah, you Yeah, he's just kind of spitballing, just trying to connect the dots. But what do we think about this Mars stuff? I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? But the Mars stuff, I think, is is probably the most intriguing, like, because it's just that that's just hard evidence. You know, we've spoken to that so many different times on like these these episodes and stuff. And it's like when you see these weird anomalies, it's so easy to be like, oh, it's just a mountain or a sand, you know, a, a natural formation of some type, which I feel like in mo- a lot of cases it is. But at the same time, I think it's, I think it's good to ask yourself like, well, we definitely don't know damn near everything. 
<laughs> yeah. And we're just starting to like take more and more photographs of planets and whatnot. It's like kind of the beginning of that whole technology. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, this book was written in the 90s and the Sagan book back in the 70s. So it's not like they really had close up pictures. But I was doing more research into the Mars shit and they have like, I think pictures from like 2001, 2009. Um, But I I still don't think they have like a again, they say it's like a natural formation. um, But I don't know, kind of odd. I say we do a full Mars episode, but Again, we relate this back to the photo. It's just a like this maybe kind of looks like that, but in no way is that like that could just be a fucking film grain or something, you know? It's so minuscule and tiny. This is fully zoomed in on that sky portal photo. Like, of course, you're going to just find weird stuff. And why the fuck? Would the sky portal have some UFO and then a fucking aerial shot of a Mars pyramid? Was Ancient Aliens on in 1992? Uh, No, but that book, Chariots of the Gods, was out in the 70s, which is like where all that fucking Ancient Aliens is based off of. Word. Well, I was going to say they could have just like taken a still of an Ancient Aliens episode freeze. (laughs) <laughs> the lights off where like this ufo is like flying over an ancient egyptian pyramid or something yeah now <laughs> yeah i mean again the book is is like i said it's kind of a, a jumbled mess of just like this is what we saw this is what we saw all this fucking crazy shit piling on and then this dongo guy comes in saying well this could be the mars pyramids and, and he's got a bunch of other theories or i mean they're not even really theories he's just kind of like trying to pull weird uh, similarities, but but look into the Mars pyramids. That's what I'm saying. That's our just Google it for this week because that that stuff is kind of crazy. Um, like I said, we we've talked about the paranormal goings on at the ranch. Um, now, just like Skinwalker, there's been some studies here. Now, I guess after this book, this ranch kind of became like a a haven for paranormal researchers. Everyone's hot like, spot. yeah, hot spot, if you will. Everyone's like, all right, there's there's some weird shit going on. Let's fucking investigate. Um, it's been featured on numerous numerous TV programs uh, with orb and UFO activity commonly caught on film at location. I don't know if you guys watched any of the docs. Um, there's all these weird docs from like the 90s and shit, and they're they're catching these like green flashing orbs and shit on video. Um, nothing like too crazy. Nothing that we haven't seen before. Any it, portals? I don't know if they've caught any portals. Um, this is interesting is a Rob, like you were saying, you saw that guy taking the EMF readings modern day. Apparently they took some and this also showed an anomaly that it had a much stronger magnetic field than the surrounding area by some estimates of around 500 times greater. And honestly, I don't even really know why is EMF or like a uh, magnetic type shit associated with paranormal? Is that it's like a, the fucking juggalo saying like magnets, how do they, how do they work? <laughs> Are magnets themselves I guess, paranormal? No, I, I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't like believe paranormal. So. <laughs> yeah. Rob, do you think do you think magnets or or like like you do you think paranormal things have a magnetism to them? I don't think so. But why is like you look at all these fucking ghost shows, you know, with like Zach Baggins and shit, and they're always like 
the the magnetic reading the emf is going off the charts and you know they're talking to this thing and then reading the emf back why is it always emf that's um like a measure for paranormal i think it's because that allows you to read something that you can't physically see you know what i'm saying Oh, like a so like, it's if, like you're a in, if you're field. in like a magnetic field, you can like kind of sense it just because the compass is spinning. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like you can't physically like oh look at that magnetic field over there, right? You know right, what I mean? Yeah. So it's like oh well, <laughs> this reader is telling me that it's this. So I think that's. I mean, I'm no Albert Einstein, but I think it's just because it. It's reading something that we physically can't like see or touch. So, but again, couldn't it just be a magnetic? Like we said, the fucking <clears throat> there's a high concentration of iron in Sedona. That's what makes the um the the stone, you know, red and and glow and shit. Like, why is what they need to do is they need to do those tests in other parts of the same geographic, like. You know what I mean? Like in other parts, like not near Sedona, but like in other parts of Arizona that may have like the same iron content and judge the readings and see if they catch similar stuff because it may be a natural phenomenon. That's what I think they're saying here. They're saying that they tested around Sedona, but the place where the ranch is has like 500 times greater um, EMF readings or whatever. No, 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 but they should, they should extrapolate that into like many, you know, many different, um, samples, like, so they can compare the data better, you know? Are you doing some crack EMF research? (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to. Because that that is something I've never really looked into. Like, why is that a fucking measure for paranormal, you know? Well, yeah, I don't know, but like, it's to me, like if you have a higher sample size, like that's why when like scientists do experiments they want like a higher sample size because it makes the data more accurate when you analyze it if you're just analyzing two places you know what i'm saying yeah. you may not see like it, it's not going to be as accurate as analyzing 10 so this is saying the the thought process bes- behind using the emf reader when ghost hunting is that um while typical um electricians or power workers use emf meters to read where like the faulty lines and stuff are it's saying like since obviously a spirit is something intangible that the spirit is like the person's soul and mind so there's still that magnetism to that so that's what they're saying they're picking up but are we magnetic then I mean, I, I guess I don't <laughs> like, like you take the uh, vaccine and you know how people have like mag, like stick magnets to themselves and shit. I did not see that. <laughs> you never saw those videos? No. Well, that's crazy. Magnets again. The juggalos are but right. I, dude. I think it's just, I think it's like I was saying earlier. It's, it's picking up on something that is intangible. So that's just like, if you. If you can't see the ghost, but you can see that, like, oh, in this area, the reader's going off, then, like, what else is that? 
Also, have they studied like the iron levels in the area of that part of Sedona versus other parts? Because there may just be like more of an iron reserve there that's giving off more magnetism. I don't know. It's like there's so many different elements to this that I just think that they're just kind of not doing probably because they don't have the money but it, or something. But like. Yeah. And like why is but I, I just I don't understand why we go from, OK, there's a strong magnetism here. Got to be a ghost. <laughs> you know right like it's such a yeah, fucking it's jump. hard to exactly um but maybe we dive more into that i don't know i've never really fucking looked too much into that uh all emf bullshit um <clears throat> now another of these uh strange incidents on a tv show happened during the filming of a 2013 episode of discovery channels uncovering aliens um uh, now again I was looking for this show and I could not find it anywhere. Um, but apparently there was this episode focusing on the occurrences at the ranch. So according to the report, at some point, a man named Stephen Jones wandered away from the crew and somewhere onto the property of Bradshaw Ranch. Uh, when he returned half an hour later, he was apparently in a daze and he claimed that he had heard disembodied or ghostly voices all around him. And then he had apparently experienced some missing time as his watch had reportedly stopped working. Um, but this did not make the final cut of the episode. So it's like, what? I mean, what the fuck was this episode? That's why I was trying to find it because it's like you're going out there to find some crazy shit like this. And then that happens and they're like, well, guys, that's not going to make the show. <laughs> you know, like this is what they're looking like some- for. Exactly. Oh, maybe, wait, maybe they, they just didn't get it on film. <laughs> maybe, yeah, it's, or it's like he didn't want to... Our camera stopped working. He didn't yeah, want to sign the release. Oh, uh, hey, can you sign this release to, like, testify to all this? And he's like, uh, nah. Yeah, we're not going to put that in the final cut of the episode. Um, because you know how all those paranormal shows are like, and coming up next, we find something that's never been captured on camera before. And then it's just like a fucking like sound that you can't even see or it's just something so fucking dumb you know when we play this recording backwards it says hello (laughs) yeah something like that uh but this is just like what the fuck were these guys doing then that one of their crew goes missing has some fucking hearing these voices all around him and they're just like yeah we're not gonna put that in the final show i would have liked to see what made the fucking final cut why didn't that dude like take a camera with him? He just like wandered away from the crew. He's like, "All right, guys, heard some voices." Yeah, perhaps he was drawn in by an alien siren. Jesus, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, now what? That well, just doesn't make any sense. If we're using science to explain this, though, all right, let's say the so you're saying it's a five hundred times the normal amount. I mean, again, that's just one person's fucking testimony you know well if that is true is that a reason that could cause like batteries to fail or clocks to stop working like just because it's such a high concentration of magnetism it just like fucks with it yeah actually there's there's similar uh, phenomena that happened at skimwalker ranch but where they were like you know their their equipment was like was basically just like shutting down like their battery just like went to zero well yeah again that's always the case it's like okay we're gonna have this i think skinwalker i mean we'll obviously get to it on the episode but they had like massive funding and set up like loads and loads of cameras and we're like 
and they stopped working. <laughs> like, that's yeah. always the case. Uh, and so maybe weird. it's like we talk about, like if this is some other dimensional type shit or even with the UAP shit you see with like the New York Times and the fucking Tic Tac and shit, it's like maybe it is that our devices can't capture whatever it is or it's just out of our realm of understanding, you know? Maybe the aliens are just so advanced they know what we're doing and they just shut it down. Yeah, because also the cameras uh, stopped working at Neverland Ranch as well. (laughs) 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 There's no video footage. Um, So... Getting back back into Bradshaw Ranch. So in in May of 2003, uh, the mystery grows deeper and conspiracy theories started to bloom when the U.S. government purchased the ranch and quickly had it locked off from the rest of the world. Uh, nowadays, the ranch is allegedly inaccessible and blocked off by gates plastered with signs from the U.S. Forest Service warning away trespassers. Now, in addition to the no trespassing signs, there have been rumors of military personnel seen around the area, as well as armed guards with no visible identification or insignia said to turn hikers away and confront them if they got too close to the property. Now, as I said, these are mostly just rumors, uh, and I'm not even sure how true these claims are because as rob was saying there's a ton like if you google bradshaw ranch or youtube bradshaw ranch sedona there's a ton of footage of of people just like walking right up to the ranch and as rob said it's abandoned and they're like exploring these abandoned buildings and houses uh and this is in broad daylight not one of those videos where was anybody turned away by these like guards or military personnel so you know take that one with a grain of salt you guys trying to pull up one day, do a little podcast video? <laughs> yeah, we'll take see if our, our uh, cameras work. See if our magnets, uh, our EMF readers, pick up any magnetism. Yeah, I'm I'm down to fly out there. Let's go. If there's armed guards, we'll um, you know we'll deal with them. I'll br- I'll bring a line. Yeah, I don't. I, I, again, I don't even think the fucking armed guard shit is true. Uh, watching all these videos, but uh, apparently um, other people say that like military activity in the area could be some routine training exercises, you know, maybe they're doing God knows what out there. And and so the hikers are asked to kind of turn around for their own safety. Um, now I was doing some more sleuthing into this and there's apparently um, this agency or I don't know if they're like a group of the government or what, but it's called, it's known as Sega. Not to be confused with the video game console. Um, This is the Southwest Experimental Garden Array. uh, And they have a special use permit with the National Forest Service for up to 20 years to conduct long-term climate research on up to 22 acres at the Bradshaw Ranch. Uh, And I would assume that since the land is in the hands of the Forest Service that it is climate change research. I mean, unless that's some sort of grandiose cover-up or like a cover agency, but sounds like it. I would say that that's probably the reason the land was bought for this climate research because on their site, they have a, a bunch of just fucking boring as hell data about like climate that I don't even understand or didn't even want to get into. But yeah, perfect cover up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just, Hey, here's loads of this boring data. Greta uh, Thornburg. You know, it, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
if we do have any Greta Thornburgs out there that are into climate, check out some of this data. I'll post a link to this um, website in the description. Uh, now, I did find this other uh, conspiracy. This was on the phoenixenigma.com, and it's all about dumbs. You guys ever heard of dumbs? No. So these are deep underground military bases. Um, and this guy on the Phoenix Enigma, he has a whole breakdown of his theory that the government has this like web of deep underground bases that they use. And there's these like tunnels connecting um, bases in Arizona to fucking Area 51 and S4. And they're connected like <clears throat> there's essentially what this guy is saying is like a network of these underground tunnels and he, he backs it up with like all this research he's done into like there's this natural plateau <clears throat> across Arizona where I guess the like limestone and, and whatever is um, soft enough to bore out these massive tunnels and there's reports in all these different towns that he links he's got this map on his site um, where people have reported like trucks and trucks of, of uh big construction and boring equipment and like military convoys going into these areas and it's reported by locals and all this type of shit. And he draws all these uh, conclusions. I mean, what do we think in there? I definitely think that's more re like a more realistic thing. I mean, I, the, I think the government is doing a lot of things that they aren't telling the public about. So like, why is this some, I mean, to me, it's not that far fetched. And okay, so you do think that there are these fucking massive tunnels, like linking, like a web of tunnels all under the fucking U.S. Maybe I mean, I, like <laughs> that, that that sounds a bit Some, excessive. Like, I don't think they're like interconnected. Yeah. I think that if they exist, they're there for you know weapons testing or you know what I'm saying, like bio testing type stuff. Not necessarily for like alien and paranormal research. I mean, maybe, but yeah. Because, I mean, so there's uh, there's different ones like, um, what is that one, Dulce, that I think is in New Mexico that they say is like 20 fucking stories underground. Like, there's all these levels and there's fucking aliens that live on different levels. And this is all happening underground, like beneath our noses. Yeah. I don't know about that. Like, unless there's like Bob <laughs> Lazar's just like popping up. He's like the only yeah, he's right. like the only dude like ever to have worked in the government to have come out like saying well saying that he's like witnessed that level of stuff but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, and even that's fucking questionable at best. We'll do, we'll do a we'll have to do a Bob Lazar episode as well. Um, oh, we one hundred percent should. But, but yeah, there's um I mean this guy has a theory. Check out Phoenix Enigma. Um, he's got all these fucking wild theories. Now, again, it's like you were saying, possibly, yeah, there's definitely some fucking underground bases that the government does testing on. Are they all linked across the continental U.S. like some fucking Elon Musk hyperloop type shit? I don't fucking know, you know? If not, they will be once Elon starts that shit up. <laughs> yeah. Now, so some some of the theories that, that just what the hell is going on at Bradshaw Ranch. So Linda Bradshaw, she believes that all of this high strangeness is the result of some interdimensional doorway that has, for whatever reason, opened up at the ranch and um, and through this portal manifests all manner of entities. So it's like we talked about with the fucking um, with the fucking vortices, which we'll get into here in a minute. But it's like, you know, if you 
like you guys ever look into ley lines and shit like that and there's these fucking we we're gonna do an episode on one weren't we yeah i think we were again it's like a we could do so many fucking episodes with all this stuff but yeah the whole ley lines theory with like there's these naturally occurring um intersected points um where energy is more highly concentrated like perhaps that's what's going on and and for whatever reason um it's like the you know if you subscribe to the interdimensional aliens um theory maybe it's like some sort of rift in the fucking dimensions where these things can like be visible for a few minutes at a time and kind of disappear i don't i mean what are we thinking it's just a pit stop on the uh, interdimensional highway. Yep. <laughs> so. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Now, now with these vortices. So as we said, you know, Sedona, as we know it today, is this new age crystal shop mecca. Uh, now, this whole thing kind of began to emerge in 1980 after a psychic channeler named Paige Bryant referred to four of Sedona's most popular meditation spots as vortexes. Um, these are Airport Mesa, Cathedral Rock, Bell Rock, and Boynton Canyon. Uh, now, according to Bryant, these vortexes are essentially enhanced energy sites that facilitate prayer, meditation, mind-body healing, and creative thinking. He says that the vortexes are not electric or magnetic, um, now along came this guy, Pete Sanders. Uh, he is an MIT biochemical chemistry graduate, uh, and a Sedona resident who runs the free soul psychic education program. <clears throat> now, what he aims to do here is connect spirituality with science saying, quote, I want to bring this stuff out of woo woo and into wow. Wow. So this guy, I guess he's. He's one of these science guys that's kind of nudged his way into this paranormal new age type shit. Um, he says that there's therapeutic benefits of the vortexes and directly related, which is directly related to physical attributes of Sedona. So there's high elevation, there's deep canyons, um, low population density and blue skies for miles. This all combines to create an optimal environment for relaxation and brain stimulation. Uh, these vortexes are described with terms upflow and inflow. Now he says upflow sites tend to be higher elevations, mountains, mesas, pyramid shapes like Bell Rock and Airport Mesa, where this panoramic visual of your surroundings helps you put your place in the universe into perspective. Um, he also says these upflow sites help with your reflections where soaring to a higher perspective is what you want. Now, on the other hand of that, he says these inflow sites occur at areas closer to the earth, valleys, canyons, caves. They, they assist with introspection and contemplation. Um, now, where do we stand on this type of shit? You know, ley lines, energy, this kind of like perspective on, um, I don't know, like what, what he's talking about. I mean, do we think this is going on in Sedona? Is this possibly some magical land of vortexes or is this just another fucking new age Gwyneth Paltrow type grift? <laughs> Maybe, but I, I, I think that like the, these are people that are into like the psychic aspect of meditation. I mean, right. 
it could just be that they're these people are surrounded by this beautiful scenery and it's remote and it's peaceful and you're in the in nature and it's like this like you know they said the inflows and the the upflows and just like the introspection versus the um reaching that higher level of spirituality i mean it sounds a lot just like meditation um one can do that in more places than sedona arizona right so it's like what makes these vortexes uh special well i guess it's like he said there's there's a whole theory with like the ley lines there's apparently ley lines intersect at somewhere in sedona so you have this higher fucking energy right you know yeah but i mean if a lot of people are vibing and they talk about these vortexes it's like oh man if you sit on this mountain and you just like meditate you know (laughs) like you'll reach this and then they go up there and they're just like yo this is tight like I'm reaching this, me- you know, the, the vortex is working. Yeah, and it could be like you're saying, this is par- probably just a fucking peaceful area. I mean, it's beautiful scenery, so this is really helping you just kind of fucking clear your mind, you know? It doesn't have to be some fucking magical vortex shit. Right, it's just like people vibing off each other and like, oh, like go to this spot and meditate. It's like a vortex and like you'll reach us, you know? And then people go and they like, they, they already are like, they they in the mindset they're familiar with that yeah they're in that mindset so like it manifests in reality okay okay so probably this is some sort of fucking i guess that's along the lines of a grift you know these people found this peaceful place i was looking up the population a lot of white people i think it's like 97 percent uh white um and what do rich white people love to do they love to fucking connect with nature do some fucking crystal rubbing do um they? yeah dude look at fucking gwyneth Hell paltrow's yeah. goop she's fucking selling crystals to shove up your vagina to people uh what? And pe- yeah and people in <laughs> you la never are- heard of this <laughs> <laughs> no apparently i'm not up in the news or e-news dude watch least. the fucking netflix thing they're doing all this fucking weird meditation shit and fucking i don't think it's weird okay so you're buying this stuff I'm not buying it, but I'm saying... Well, we know you're big into crystals. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I think that there's definitely ideal meditation spots, and these guys found one. Okay. All right. There we go. Now... Yeah. And maybe there's just some good good auras around there. You feel me? Yeah. But is that... And they use vortexes as, like, a sales thing. Oh, like, these are vortexes. Right. Like, yeah. Like, hey, man, it's so peaceful here in Sedona. You just have to get out there to the canyon. <laughs> really, like, focus <laughs> yeah, exactly. on your inner self. Yeah. I mean, that's you just yeah. find yourself out of nature. <laughs> exactly. Man. That's what I'm saying. Linda's whole thing was is like, we just got to be peaceful. And these, these presences, these orbs are just, you know, it's something, it's something connecting us to nature. And so the- peaceful. I like these shadow people. <laughs> and these pigs. You just have to shout Hebrew at them and they'll go away. Oh, uh, yeah. Now back to my theory on the whole ranch itself and particularly Linda and Tom. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing some sleuthing, you know, and I'm watching one of these documentaries I found. And there's a picture of her Sky Portal para- um, photograph. And I say, hmm, I know I've seen this before. Where have I seen this before? Uh, now, I believe we discussed this way back on episode five. Um, UFOs over California. Check that one out if you haven't. Uh, but honestly, I don't know if we did discuss this exact photo, but check this out. So I knew I'd seen that shit before. Right. The uh, the McMinnville UFO photographs. Motherfucker. Um, 
So these are known as the Trent UFO photos or the McMinnville photos. Um, they were taken by a farming couple, couple Paul and Evelyn Trent near McMinnville, Oregon, um, on May 11th, 1950. Now, these photos were reprinted in Life magazine and newspapers across the nation and are often considered to be among the most famous photographs of UFOs. Uh, you know, like I, we've talked about these old photographs. You see them all the time, these old black and white photographs of UFOs. Um, so this set, like we said, picked up in the 1950s, super popular. Some people say it's a hoax. Other like experts have analyzed the negatives and said, you know, the way the shadows are and, and the metal on this oil tank is, is like, it is a genuine photograph of a UFO. So take that as you will, but look at the picture side by side with the sky portal. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So perhaps your theory stands. Did she snap a photo of her TV? Was this running some special on these photos? But it kind of looks like this was like they've cropped out. The mountains are blurred. The telephone pole is a little grainy. It's more washed out. But when you really zoom in, you can see it's the same power lines. It matches up perfectly. It's the same photo. Even the bush in the lower left-hand corner is the same. Now, I was looking around. I don't think anybody's made this connection. You're hearing this here first. The McMinnville UFO photos. That's exactly what this sky portal is. So... Obviously, I'm thinking, yeah, this whole thing's a fucking Fugazi. They're just they just use this. I don't if they did some type of weird developing Photoshop techniques like fucking Ansel Adams or <laughs> or what or do we think this was a genuine maybe this portal opened up to fucking show the McMinnville sighting? Definitely not. <laughs> okay, so fake. <laughs> so we're saying this is probably fake. And it's 100% fake. I mean, this is the exact photo recreated. It's the same UFO. It's the same, like, electric light pole thing. This was what made you think it was fake. Not all the other stuff. This. Well, I'm just saying this is hard evidence of. Not the big girl. Well, the big girl could be still true. We don't know. Um, But this is literally hard. (laughs) Like, what? If she did this. Okay. Also, it's like. You just take one of the most famous UFO photographs and reprint it and say, guys, this is the photo I took. Like, nobody's going to fucking notice that. It's like, copy my homework, but switch it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, well, they're like dinosaurs and Bigfoot, like like drinking yeah. tea together like, outside. Why didn't she also take like a grainy photo of the washed out like Patterson Gimlet footage and like put that up there and be like, this is big girl. I got I got a photo of her, you know? She just reverses the picture. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm saying I think genuinely, yeah, she probably fucking made this shit up to sell a book. Um, but how, how well did the book do? I don't know. Probably not that well. Um, but just judging by the way it's written and stuff. But it, uh, so, yes, we're not buying Linda's story. But it is odd that if we don't subscribe to the um, Forest Service theory, why do you think the government would buy this land? Did Linda grift the government into like buying this land? Like this was all a ploy to fucking sell off her uh, ranch to the fucking government? 
Well, the government bought Skinwalker Ranch. I'm seeing a lot of similarities between these two. Right. Um, yeah. That's why I thought and this we know be that an interesting one fact. to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And, but also with Skinwalker, it's like you could argue that that guy. I who, thought that was privately owned now, no? I think it is privately owned now, but at I think it's like the government gave that guy, like some fucking rich UFO guy bought the land. Robert he, Bigelow. Yeah. And he got a grant yeah. from the government to do research for like fucking $2 million or some, some crazy amount. Yeah, um, and then like they they sent over some. Um, I think it was what the the um, the def- the DIA Defense Intelligence Agency sent sent some people over. That's like that's like documented fact. It's like yeah, classified. And again, you could argue that that was his grift. He kind of built it up as this paranormal hotspot to fucking get a couple mil from the government and then fucking dip out you know exactly so like the government's the government did it with skinwalker ranch so like i know that for a fact so why wouldn't they do it with another ranch the bradford ranch bradshaw bradshaw ranch i'm sorry why wouldn't why wouldn't they do that with the bradshaw ranch like when they you know because they've done it before so it's like oh there's all these rumors about this ranch being paranormal or whatever let's just like spend like millions of dollars to like exactly. Study this. Now, do we give Linda that much credit? Do we think she was really had the foresight to be like, I'm going to build this up. I'm going to write this paranormal book and then um, sell off my ranch to the government. For sure. I mean, appar- apparently it, I mean, if this is true and the government did buy this ranch and I don't really see why it wouldn't be true because they bought Skinwalker Ranch. So like maybe it worked enough for the government to actually, you know, take an interest in it. Scamming the government, dude. Classic fucking tale. <laughs> yeah. Now, now again, I'm doing some sleuthing. I'm doing some perusing, some theories um, relating to this orb shit, um, you know, uh, to see what I could find. And I did come across some pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Um, so I, I'm, I'm doing some research into what these orbs could be, what these UFOs at the Bradshaw Ranch could be. And I came across this book, The Cosmic Pulse of Life, colon, The Revolutionary Biological Power Behind UFOs by Trevor James Constable. Uh, This was published in 1975, and this explains his wild theory on the UFO phenomenon. Now, according to Constable, the UFO phenomenon was best explained by the presence of enormous amoeba-like animals inhabiting Earth's atmosphere. Now, to understand Constable's theory in this book, uh, we first have to read about where or we first have to look into where this guy's theory came from. So his whole theory was spawned by uh, this whole theory came about by Constable after reading about radionics, which, again, this is like the EMF shit we talked about. And it's like uh, people kind of use. It's a way to, I guess, use EMF and like shit like that to treat uh, illnesses. Um, So he's reading about radionics and he's also reading into Wilhelm Reich's organ theory, Um, which this guy Wilhelm is quite the character. So let's get into a little history on him. Uh, He basically was a psychoanalyst from Austria. He was big into uh, Sigmund Freud's work and he kind of built off of these theories to come up with a term he coined as organ energy from orgasm and organism. Mm. And it's this like notion of life energy. 
Uh, and again, you know, I was telling you guys to look into this. I don't fully understand this. And a lot of people just kind of say this is all fucking pseudoscience bullshit, which it probably is. Um, but it's interesting. So, you know, um, it's basically just like an, some omnipresent life force that is all around us or in everything. Um, I don't know. What did you guys kind of find on Oregon energy? Yeah, I, um, I actually did, uh, look at, look into his work. He was actually born in what is now present day Ukraine, which for some reason that random fact stood out to me. Um, but yeah, I mean like he essentially, uh, was all about this Oregon energy and he built these like compartments with this like metal in them or something. And it's like, if you went in there, then it would basically harness this Oregon energy that basically just like gave you life. And like, it's like this energy of like the universe type thing. Right. And I mean, okay. I just, I don't know where any of that came from really yeah i I think no one knows i was well i was reading more on that it's like a he built like a faraday cage or it was like a modification of a faraday (laughs) cage um which i guess he would say yeah you sit in this box for like hours at a time and it kind of like helps you heal with this concentrated like life force energy but it's just like it, this could, could be just another grip. This guy's fucking selling boxes to people to just fucking sit in for four hours. I was reading this one guy who said like he bought one of the boxes for his wife knowing that it was bullshit, but he liked it because his wife would just sit in there silent for like four hours a day. So he was like, yeah, I get some fucking pizza. <laughs> that's so manipulative. <laughs> that's fucking. This that's is going to heal terrible. you, honey. Just go in here. You have to be quiet <laughs> for the next five hours, all right? Just go in this box and shut the fuck up for five hours. Like, get your organ. Get your organ, honey. You got to get your organ energy today. Hurry and up. I was looking into this guy, Wilhelm. And again, this could be another episode. Now, later in this guy's life, he went kind of fucking off the rails. Um, he developed what is known as a cloud buster machine that he claimed could uh, control the weather. And so what, now, what this, we have here is the cloud buster. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> this was like, uh, I don't know. You can look up pictures of this cloud buster machine. It's essentially like all of these... Um, rows of 15 foot aluminum pipes that are all just mounted to this platform that are connected to these cables. And he would put that in water and he said it could like unblock the organ energy in the atmosphere and cause, cause rain. Um, what this is kind of interesting because I guess he got like funding to do this and these farmers were like, Hey, you know, we'll pay you set amount if you can get it, if you can make it rain on our crops. And he, he went out there with a cloud buster and it fucking worked. It did have rain and it saved their crops and they gave this guy a bunch of money. So I don't know, maybe this guy was a fuck, just a great meteorologist. And he's just, fucking, he's just, yeah, maybe he was just lucky. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. He could have just been lucky now. In early 1954, uh, he came to believe that the planet was under attack by UFOs, which he called energy alphas. Um, He said that he often saw them flying over his house and uh, they were shaped like thin cigars with windows, leaving streaks of black, deadly organ radiation in their wake, which he believed were the alien that aliens were scattering this to destroy the Earth. 
Uh, him and his son would search for UFOs, and when he believed he saw one, he'd roll out the cloud buster, and it would suck the energy out of uh, these UFOs. And he also claimed that he shot several of them down, um, and they fought what Reich called a full-scale interplanetary battle in Arizona, where he rented a house. Uh, and he wrote that there was a possibility that his own father was from outer space. And no one else besides him and his son witnessed or took part in the intergalactic war over Oregon. Well, I, well, not Oregon. It was his house was uh, called oh, like sorry. Oregonon yeah. is like what he named his man. You know what this guy re- kind of reminded <laughs> me of? Have you guys seen The Master with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman? Have not. No. All right, check out The Master. It's kind of based on L. Ron Hubbard, and it's like this guy in a call. He reminds me of Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in The Master. Like, How I, much uh, drugs was this guy doing? Okay, again, that's the other thing is that, like we said, he made the Cloud Buster. He got the grant from the farmers when it worked. And what's also weird about the Cloud Buster is like later in his life, um, some like court ruled that he couldn't sell the cloud buster across state lines. Like the government was like, Hey, you can't be doing this. And they tried to like shut his work down. It's only legal in Arizona now, which I guess kind of solidified his following is like, well, this shit must be working if the government wants to shut it down. Um, and you know, it's like I said, nonetheless, his work went on to be picked up by others. And there were all these schools studying into like Oregon energy, which I think are still around to this day. Um, But one of the other guys that picked up his work was, as we said, Trevor Constable, who wrote this book. Um, Now, he kind of builds off of Reich's work and became convinced that these supposed UFOs were, in fact, living organisms. Uh, Again, we have a similarity here with the Jordan Peele film. Nope. Right. Spoiler alert. Okay. Spoiler alert. It Um, is. Now... His book presents evidence that UFOs are mainly invisible and consist of both physical craft and living biological creatures. According to him, these sky critters, (laughs) as they became known, uh, do not exist outside of the infrared range of electromagnetic spectrum. And they have been on the Earth since it was a more gaseous planet than solid, I guess, like when the Earth was forming. Uh, Now, he claimed that these creatures belong to a new offshoot of evolution and that the species should be classified under macrobacteria. Now, according to Constable, the creatures, these sky critters could be the size of a coin or as large as half a mile across. Um, The biology of these creatures supposedly meant that they were visible to radar, even when not visible to the naked eye. Um, This also explains... He also used this to explain supposed cattle mutilations, um, and he theorized that the use of radar angered the organisms who became predatory when provoked. So, think uh, Jordan Peele was feeding off of this. I think he was definitely influenced by this, and that's it is a pretty interesting take on UFOs because the whole like craft as a a living entity is not nothing new. I mean, that's that's been in sci-fi you know, for a year, for decades. Um, I think it was in um, Battlestar Galactica. Wasn't that an episode where the, the craft was like a living thing or that, um, sorry, or that um, 
What's I was also look. There's a bunch of movies where the craft is also. Isn't that one like? I think it's called Pandorum. I can't remember if it's Pandorum or Equilibrium, but it's like the 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 fucking alien craft is like a living entity. Um, I don't know. Pretty interesting theory, but it's it's also pretty crazy that this guy was coming up with this shit in fucking um like the fifties and sixties. You know, pretty far out theory. Uh, now the book also explains how these huge invisible living organisms are sometimes confused with spacecraft when they become visible. Um, he photographed all types of these living UFOs using infrared film. And this guy was also a big fan of the cloud buster. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> now, here's a couple of his photos. So this is shot on infrared film and you see these big fucking blobs, which I guess he's saying are these fucking sky critters, you know? Not a burn in the film. <laughs> again. <laughs> okay, again, that's... It's like, how do we know that this isn't like some type of fucking bacteria on the the film, you know? Well, right. It's obviously a sky critter. Well, it could be a sky critter. You can you tell know? by the cloud buster. <laughs> well, yeah, the cloud buster. Well, he, was like, he was like, I know like what part of the evolution they fell in. It's like, how do you know that? You just see these giant macro organisms in the sky and take pictures of like you know, how, it's how, more, do you, how does he know that? Well, it's again, more he's convincing than uh, Linda. I'll yeah, tell you that. exactly. Which is yeah. why I threw this stuff in here because this guy is backing this up with the Oregon theory. And he's got all these fucking writings on how these are like um, giant fucking living organisms. In the sky. I mean, it is kind of crazy to think about. It's also kind of wild to wrap your head around. Um, now, the general public and official ufology uh, clearly have a hard time accepting this evidence as Constable presents it in his book. Um, but it is also interesting to note that uh, following the years that this book was published, uh, you know, years and years later, um, there have been teams of engineers and technicians in Italy and Romania unaware of Constable's earlier discoveries who obtained virtually identical infrared photos of these quote-unquote UFOs or whatever the fuck they are. Um, and this was published in Italy, and in 1996, NASA used ultraviolet-sensitive videotape to record what Constable would have you believe are swarms of invisible UFOs. Um, these also look similar to Constable's earlier photos. Um, so is this possibly... A glimpse into a higher realm of our physical reality. I mean, what are we thinking here? Is there possibly some like invisible life force that we fucking don't know about that uh, that these photographs are capturing, or or what are we thinking? Smudge on the lens here yet again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, would it really be higher realm if it's just a living organism that's part of our world? Yeah, I guess not. Rather higher. than like uh, alien, because that would be more, in most cases, what we would consider more advanced than our yes. species. So I guess this wouldn't necessarily be aliens if it is of our Earth and they've been here since the planet was at a gas state. But it's like maybe you have these macro bacteria that fucking evolved as these gaseous formations or whatever they have you that are fucking flying around in the sky. It just sounds so fucking insane. Um, but you know, how else do you explain that type of shit? 
I mean, it's no more insane than seeing a big girl out on the ranch. Exactly. Um, Oregon energy. And me, I think where he's getting at the like higher realm of our physical reality is that when he talks about the light spectrum and how they are visible, like outside of the, um, infrared range, which is like why that's why you can only pick them up on infrared because Mm. it's like we said with the magnets, you don't look over there and say there's a magnetic field. Maybe that's kind of the same principle here. Okay. Are we buying this at all? Mm, I I don't know. I, I think that there's so much that we don't know. So for me to sit here and say like, Oh no, that you know there couldn't be anything like that. I mean, we know the UAP phenomenon is real. We know people are reporting UFOs. It's just, I just think it's a just a completely wild theory. But it's like, okay, well, it is a theory how, nonetheless. Yeah, it's more believable than Linda's story <laughs> now, earlier. And now also, I'm thinking when we look at this in terms of the modern UAP phenomenon, those fucking Navy planes captured the Tic Tac and shit on infrared film. David Fravor. Yeah, Commander Fravor. Is it possible? Dude, we should do an episode on on him, too. Oh, absolutely. Part of one. Oh, just yeah. on the Tic Tac in general? Yeah, because, like, could the Tic Tac be this sort of, like, living fucking entity that's at, you know... Your some... guess is as good as mine. <laughs> right, I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is kind of cool to put this into that perspective, but, I mean, with these photos... I don't fucking know. And I was trying to find like people that debunk these. Um, I couldn't really find too much. And again, it might be because people are like, well, this is clearly fucking, this guy's a fucking idiot. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's they don't right. want to put the time into it. I love to hear what Neil deGrasse thinks about these. Um, and I also think this constable guy might be racist. Um, because I was reading, I was reading into, I guess, his history, and he wrote a bunch of uh, history books um, on the like uh, pilots of World War II, like the Flying Aces, and one of them he wrote uh, was titled "The Blonde Knight of Germany," and it's about uh, Eric Hartman, um, who was, I guess, like the, this fucking. He had like more kills than any other pilot in World War II, uh, albeit he was a Nazi, but the way this book paints him is just like a fucking great pilot. And it's kind of not addressing that he was a Nazi and shit, you know? Um, so a lot of guys say, a lot of people say this guy is kind of racist and I'm not even trying Nazi to sympathize. <laughs> yeah. Not even a Nazi. I don't know, but I'm not trying to slander this guy. This is just what I came across. I also came across this blog that some guy wrote. And I guess like we talked about these Oregon schools, um, this guy was also at one of these where the gentleman who wrote this blog said he worked with this guy. And one time he came into his office with um, with a black guy and Constable was like, they're working with black magicians. <laughs> oh, no. That's I don't know if this guy is like racist or not, but uh, that was just some of the like stories I came across. And who knows, you know, living entity, creatures in the sky. Um, pretty interesting in- take. Yeah, it is a very interesting take. Um, but I mean, let's fucking round this one out. I mean, what do we think about Bradshaw Ranch, the orbs, and in relation to this fucking sky creature theory? Because I'm thinking, obviously, I think the Bradshaw Ranch shit is a fucking fugazi. 
I think they kind of made it up for the book. I don't buy Linda's stories. Um, the book did not do well. Yeah, the, it up. the book didn't do well um, because it's probably all bullshit. But I don't know. She this fucking the ranch though. The Wilhelm Reich shit is kind of fucking interesting, just because of everything we talked about and like the government trying to suppress his work. Uh, and he was eventually like taken into court and died in prison. Um, but again, he spawned all these schools and you got this constable guy and the cloud buster shit. I think it would be interesting to do a deep dive on that itself. But I do, I, this theory of UFOs as these like living entities in the sky is, is pretty interesting. I don't know if I'm buying it. Maybe that's another episode for another day, but could possibly be whatever's on. If we do subscribe to the idea of like ley lines, these energy vortices, is it really out of the realm of possibility that perhaps these places are magnets for this type of fucking um, macro bacteria UFOs? Quite possibly, but Linda's most likely bullshitting. Okay, so I think we're all in agreement on Linda being bullshit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you where, think, where, you think so? Where do we stand on the the UFOs as living entities, as macro bacteria? Trevor Constable, um, Wilhelm Reich, Oregon Energy. What are we thinking there? I just I feel like if that was the case, there'd be a lot more cases of people or cattle or animals being like sucked up by these things. Cause they got to, we're saying they have to eat to live. They're not just fucking out there eating clouds. Well, if they're bacteria, I mean, you know, think about like, um, those large whales that eat like little tiny plankton. Maybe they're just eating little fucking birds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just eating shit in the sky. You just know? opening their mouth, traveling through the sky. Yeah, and you know those like early theories we talked about where people would experience like um, buzzards and shit like falling from the sky or like fish being like littered on farms, like acres of farms who were like dead okay. fish would fall. Like maybe that's something with this. Um, and like in the movie. Yeah, or I don't know that it is interesting to think about that. And it's also interesting to think about like this in terms of the modern UAP shit with like the Tic Tac being a living thing. That's kind of crazy. It is crazy, but it's like what evidence? How are they drawing the conclusion that it's living? Well, again, I think that's kind of my thing. This has to do with the pseudoscience of Oregon energy and the sky. Right. It's very scientific. But even with the Oregon energy, though, like, I don't really see how it connects to, like, a living organism. Yeah. Besides the pictures that look like amoebas, but, like. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. There are these invisible amoebas. I mean, think about invisible. Always invisible. um, Invisible microbacteria all around us, all on the earth. We can't see it. We maybe, can't prove it because it's invisible. Yeah, maybe there's these giant fucking amoebas in the sky. Ah, yeah, can't see yeah, it. okay. I see what you're saying. And I think they all also right. draw into like, um, they play into like the northern lights. Um, like I think it was Wilhelm or Constable that said the northern light phenomena is like um, this Oregon energy concentrated in the earth's atmosphere. It's all about like the atmosphere and the makeup of the atmosphere. Um, got you, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's possible, I guess. I mean, it's just, it's just literally just throwing, um, like, oh yeah, it could be a living thing, you know? Yeah, it could be <laughs> like, but is it that is are UFOs possibly living entities? 
Right. Tune it's in just next like... time to find out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it is. I was also looking back to our fucking back to our favorite character in the modern UAP stuff. Uh, this Louis Elizondo guy. You know how we're always talking about him, the guy that worked for ATIP. Um, mm-hmm. So he, I guess, in some interviews, has said, "Hey, it's not out of the." realm of possibility that these uaps are possibly living entities maybe this guy's onto some or is he working with jordan peele to fucking pitch to sell movies to sell his movie? <laughs> yeah. what does tom right. dongo think what does tom do- I we need tom dongo and tom DeLong to link up <laughs> we uh, do. you know we got the we fucking need, we need toms. to be the we need to connect them up a meeting the, of the yeah. Toms. A meeting of the Toms. Dongo and DeLong. Uh, what do you guys think about the living entity UFOs? Let's you know? do it. Let's try and set it up. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Even though Tom DeLong has banned me from emailing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, have you have you reached out to him to try to get him on the on the pod? Dude, literally two weeks before he did the fucking Joe Rogan a couple years ago. I sent him an email from the podcast email saying like, Hey, we're in San Diego. We're like a local podcast. We talk about like aliens, UFOs, paranormal, like conspiracy theories, uh, would be down to meet at like, uh, like public location. Of course. Yeah, it's not know? like, Hey, come over to my house and Crowded do this place. podcast. Like, let's right, just, right. let's meet at like a mutual point and, like talk about aliens and stuff and then i just got an email back a couple of days later that was like like basically like a cease and desist on like contacting that email so and well we also do uh give him quite a ribbing on on our podcast you know i don't we don't I'd sit down and talk <laughs> to the guy i fucking love tom yeah i know but i mean we're always fucking cracking off jokes and shit maybe he's, he doesn't like that he's trying to be a serious fucking ufo researcher we have know? his book right here in the library hey i know i'm a i'm in a fan studio. that's what i'm saying we're just razzing him a bit you know i'm not saying i'm not fucking i'm not slandering the guy I'm not going dongo on him yeah he's doing god's work out here yeah uh, no but that that'd be that'd be dope so yeah, I mean, there you have it. That's the fucking Bradshaw Ranch. Um, let us know what you guys think. Uh, let us know what you think about these theories about uh, Oregon Energy, UFOs as living entities. Stay tuned for our next episode. As I said, we're diving into a fucking, this will be a ranch series where we're getting into... Um, Not to be confused with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, or the ranch dressing. Um, but yes, yeah, we're fucking... <laughs> We're diving into these paranormal ranches. Um, So, yeah, if there's anything you want to hear, want us to cover, um, let us know. And on this one, I want to cite MysteriousUniverse.org, High Strangeness at the Mysterious Bradshaw Ranch, uh, TheThrillist.com, Sedona Energy Vortices Explained, Merging Dimensions, The Incredible Saga of the Bradshaw Ranch by Tom Dongo and Linda Bradshaw, And, of course, The Cosmic Pulse of Life by Trevor James Constable. Um, So check those out if you guys want more readings into anything we discussed on this episode. And on that, Loyal Legion, as always, thanks for tuning in with us. Um, As Ryan previously mentioned, if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes that you just can't wait to hear and have us break down for you, uh, be sure to slide in those DMs on IG, Podcast from Outer Space. Uh, check out the link in our bio for the new web store that we just launched last month. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for uh, 
tuning in with us guys yeah hopefully we'll be getting uh some new designs out for the upcoming fall season back to school uh get your podcast gear uh get it while you can yeah um thanks for listening everyone um pick up some merch let us know like rob said the future episodes that you want us to cover because we want your input um also i got a musical project on the side called shot comma chaser shot chaser we just released a track um, called don't follow that's on spotify apple music we're about to drop um, another track here in the next couple weeks so peep that um you know let me know what you think and keep tuning in y'all Bon voyage.